passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are live. Hello, YouTube. Hello, John Pollock. Welcome to this week's Cafe Hangout. We are live waiting. It's a very uh, special edition of the Cafe Hangout. Lots to discuss today. Later on in the show, we're going to be taking your phone calls as well as Skype calls if you so choose to call in. Once again, that phone number will remind you each week. 732-800-4423. We'll dedicate the last uh, 10, 15 minutes of the show uh, to your phone calls. You can also dial in on Skype if you search for post wrestling. But Thursday was the big day for the WWE to release their earnings report for 2018, including the fourth quarter of the year. And I thought no better time than to welcome back good friend of the show from WrestleNomics Radio. You can also read his great work at Fightful.com. Brandon Howard is with us on the line. Brandon, how are you doing today? Hey, John Way. Thanks for having me. Like I, I think I've told you guys before, your your previous brand, The Law. I grew up as a as a teenager listening to The Law across Lake Ontario. So it's great to be with you. I was amazed when I heard this story of you describing it that the signal would go that far into Buffalo. Uh, that fan five ninety. It was uh, the quite the reach. As if you tipped the radio just right, <laughs> precisely tuned to five ninety, I picked it up. That's like the exact opposite of like what we used to do when we want to listen to Buffalo stations, you know, uh, like what is it, uh, uh, Nicholas Piccolis on like Kiss, uh, Kiss on eight point five. That's yeah. it. There wow. you go. I didn't think that within the first two minutes, Nicholas Piccolis <laughs> would be uh, brought up uh, of video and arcade top ten fame. Yes. Uh, Lots to go through uh, today, Brandon, but uh, be yes. before we dive into all of the numbers, uh, give me just a sense of what your day is like when uh, the earnings report comes out and kind of how you tackle everything when you have 8Ks filing at you or, and so much to digest and make sense of. Yeah, well, it, this is a holiday for me that comes four times a year. It's, <laughs> it's a great day for me. I take the day off of work from my day job. And, uh, and and I do this, and I'll write an article, and I'll you know we'll, usually when uh when when Mookie was a free agent, we would do WrestleNomics Radio, but yeah, I uh so at nine o'clock, I make sure I'm I'm at the computer and ready. I went to Wegman's, got some food, and sat down in the cafe, and I read up read up on the uh, the press release, which is the 8K, and uh, there's there's some detail in there. There's I there will be a, an annual report, a 10K that they'll put out later. Usually, so the other three quarters of the year that are not at the end of the year, they'll put out a quarterly report, and those have been coming out pretty quickly, yeah. uh, like within minutes or hours of when they put out the other information. But that's, but for on this quarter, that's not out yet. That annual report is not out, not out yet. Then it might be until tomorrow until we see that because I do not see that yet. But yes, uh, from nine until like eleven, I'll read things over, I'll tweet a lot, and um, and then at eleven Eastern, there's the conference call, and we hear from. Mr. George Berrios and Vince McMahon and Michelle Wilson. And uh, after that's over, I start to do an article, and I'm almost through an article that, I, that I'll be posting on Fightful later today. Yeah, so the, um, the, the Q&A 
I, I know that you are a, quite an aficionado of, of George Barrios and some of his, his language that he will describe. We might have hit a new high, Brandon, when he yeah. stated, we expect to balance 2019 revenue growth with investment in strategic areas that, quote, extend the moat around our business. The moat, the moat is the new cool tech word. I think I've, I, I hear this on other like tech podcasts I listen to. It's like they want to build a moat around the castle so that no one else can penetrate into the, uh, I don't know, the, the special part of business that that they dominate. But uh, there, then there's talk of an iteration, which is another cool tech business buzzword. That's it. They're, they're talking about the next iteration of the WD network, which sounds like a premium tier of the WD network that they all but said was going to happen this year in 2019. So I guess. Uh, the headline is, you know, the WWE posts record revenue for 2018. They announced $203.2 million, which is an increase of over $102 million from 2017. Gigantic increases. And I guess, Brandon, what, what do you attribute this, this enormous leap to having uh, broken down some of the, uh, the factors that they had in uh, today's report? Well, it's clearly almost all TV rights. Uh, having a, a, a big lucrative deal with Saudi Arabia helps too. And that's what's really pushed up their revenue numbers and their profit numbers. And uh, I, I just, just did a long article for Fightful a few days ago, sort of looking into like, well, how popular really is WWE now? And it's not as, it looks like over the last few years since 2016 was basically the, the window of time that I was looking at, 2016 to the present, the popularity has declined a little bit. It's nothing like super alarming and it's not, not going to affect their business, certainly not in an era where you're, you're getting so much money from TV rights, which are all contractual and all guaranteed, and, and they're, there's, they're escalating too. So the payments that they get in this quarter will be even bigger the next quarter and so on. And then we, and if you've been following W Business News for the last year or so, then you know that W just signed big deals with NBC Universal to continue airing Raw on the USA Network, and they've signed a big deal with Fox to put SmackDown on Fox. So those were for even bigger increases, which will start in the last quarter of this year. So... And, and they're predicting a, a billion dollars next year, which they'll set another record. They're predicting another profit record f for next year as well. So I actually looked up and looked up the, um, the finances, like some, some records that I have here of like, well, is this the most money that W has really ever made? And if we really adjust for inflation, you know, like people mm -hmm. always want to think about, well, it, it can't be quite as big as the attitude area, but, but now it is. The revenue is higher than it ever was in the attitude area, even adjusting for inflation. And so there's not just one profit metric. And it's one thing to look at revenue. It's another thing to talk about profit. There is no metric called profit, but there yeah. are profit metrics called like operating income, net income, OEVDA, and so on. And we don't need to get into that. And I probably couldn't even explain to you what that really means. But we do have some records for net income. And the net income adjusted for inflation in 2018 is even higher than the net income of 1999 and 2000. So we're talking about like $100 million of net income in 2018. That's higher than the 84 million or the 86 million adjusted for inflation in 1999 and 2000. Those, those glory, era, glory era years of the Attitude Era. So I know a lot of people, when they opened up this report, the section they immediately, their eyes dart to is in the media section, other, yes. which has now become, you know, the one that everyone puts the magnifying glass over. And this is a section where they lump in, um, you know, overseas uh, of events in international markets, scripted entertainment, reality shows and direct to home video releases. So this is where you're going to see that that money reflected from the Saudi Arabia shows from April. We saw 
what that increase was. It was a huge one in the second quarter. That was reflected again in this fourth quarter. And from my uh, calculations, if you add up the second quarter and the fourth quarter, the increases this year were just over $92 million. And I think it's safe to assume, Brandon, that a huge amount of that is coming from this Saudi Arabia deal without being able to break down what the exact figures are. Yeah, we, it, it was easier to figure out to, to make like a, a reliable estimation about what they got from the greatest Royal rumble in April. So April is Q2. The, the other media segment that we're talking about here was $60.6 million in Q2. And we know that, you know, we can compare that to other Q2s of previous years where it was like 9 million, 12 million, and then 60 million in, in this year. So we deduced that greatest Royal rumble was worth around 40 to $50 million, let's say. Um, but for Q4 of this year, they not only had Crown Jewel included in this segment, but they also had uh, the, the Super Showdown in Australia included in this segment. And I, I didn't realize that at first, but on a careful, careful reading of, um, of the, the press release here, they do say that it's uh, that segment is including both Crown Jewel and the Super Showdown. So, so not knowing what the Super Showdown was really worth, I'm sure that was worth a few million at least. Mm-hmm. It's harder to say exactly what Crown Jewel was worth. I, I would get, I think. Uh, a conservative estimate would be like more than $10 million for crown jewel. It's, it's plausible to me that greatest Royal rumble was a bigger payment because that was the first one. And then a, maybe a, a slightly smaller payment for crown jewel. But yeah, I would say at, at the very least $10 million sounds like a reasonable guess to me. Um, and by the way, in this, in this other segment, you were also, what's also being reported in there on, on a more regular basis are things like, uh, the, the reality TV programming that you mentioned, like told Divas, told Bellas, right? Uh, Ms. and Mrs. and the uh, the W Studios. So yeah, and, and that's not nothing either. So those are those are all kind of reflected in there, I guess. As this kind of closes the door on at least the, the crown jewel chapter of this ten year relationship. I mean, do you have any different thoughts, Brandon, than when we had you on back in November, right after that show? It seems that you know I was kind of disappointed that that was that wasn't even an issue brought up in this in this Q&A right. by any of the analysts and maybe it's kind of naive on my part to have even assumed that but it seems like the WWE just uh they didn't bow to any external pressure they went forward and they were not slapped on the wrist or received any blowback for it on this call right and it's just something that we talked about at the time is that there's this hierarchy of WWE influence and and i think like the at the top of the the, the tier at the top of the pyramid is vince mcmahon and, and what vince mcmahon wants to do and what vince mcmahon's ego wants to do and then there are what what corporate executives want to do and then somewhere below that are are you know what uh, public you know media outlets are criticizing them about and what the wrestlers themselves actually want of course we saw john cena and daniel bryan decline to be a part of that show but uh i and i i i'm not sure about the timing but uh i, I think now Right. This is after Crown Jewel happened. It, the, the Saudi government, you know, they say that MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, didn't have anything to do with it. But the Saudi government, someone in the Saudi government ha- had a lot to do with it. That is, we're talking about the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, which mm-hmm. WWE received a lot of criticism over because it happened uh, in, in close proximity to the timing of W Crown Jewel on November 2nd. And um, I believe Khashoggi was murdered on October, October 2nd. Or yeah, so. it, was so it was exactly about, a month apart. Yeah. Yeah, so it was about a, a month of bad press that that WWE was receiving uh, over the whole story, and uh, so yeah, like you said, there was no uh, there's no questioning about this on the on the conference call. What usually happens is there's like 15 to 20 minutes of Vince talking and Barrios talking and Michelle Wilson talking. The, the latter two are the co-presidents for WWE, 
and then they'll open it to these financial analysts um, who basically give advice about about what to invest in, uh, in including WWE stock. And they'll ask them questions. These are not necessarily wrestling fans. Uh, they, it seems like you know some of them you know follow the product or to some degree, but they're they're asking them very you know hardcore business questions. But nobody nobody brought this up even though in, in the time between. Uh, there were questions asked on the last uh, quarterly conference call, and that was in late October. So the news was more fresh, and there were still, you know, stories just about every day about Jamal Khashoggi. But now that story has died down a little bit, and uh, even though Saudi government has admitted in some capacity that they had involvement in his murder, there was no no question about it, and no question about whether or not this 10-year deal that WWE has to provide events to Saudi Arabia is going to continue. So presumably it will, and I know Fightful has reported that May 3rd is the next one. Yeah. Do, do you feel it would have been any different? Because in the lead-up to that show, you had the combination of a lot of bad press for Crown Jewel, as well as a, a fairly disappointing third quarter report that the stock did go quite down after that. It's since rebounded. Had that rebound not happened, do you think that there would have been more of a uh, more of a lasting effect of that decision? To... For, for the WWE going ahead with the show, had, had the stock um, stayed at where it is? I mean, it's kind of leveled off now at around $80. I mean, if we're talking about a dip that you can correlate to this decision to go to Saudi Arabia, do you feel it would have been more on their radar as you know a contributing factor to the, to the stock price? Sure, it, it could. It, it could only con- contribute to, to how they look at it. Um, I, I, I don't see WWE you know, making a, a, a change... Uh, I don't know, based, based on that, or just the stock is doing well enough. It's up almost 4% today. Yep. And I think the stock the stock price being down last time, I think it had something to do with this news about Saudi Arabia, but I think it had a lot to do with, um, I don't know, att- attendance wasn't very good, and just, just other things it, around the business that weren't, there's was, there was no outstanding story. Uh, there's no new news for them to report. Seeing how, you know, WWE seems so reliant, not just on... Uh... Um, obviously, uh, their TV rights deals, but you know, this being a big factor in their year end performance, I mean, it's, it seems less likely now than ever that they would even consider pulling out of this deal. Right. And one thing we learned in the Q3 report in October was that a kind of one of their defenses for keeping the show going in, in Saudi Arabia was that their adjusted OIDA goals, that is a, like a profit goal and, and their revenue goals for that matter were dependent on on this Saudi Arabia show going forward, like we just kind of talked about, it's worth at least $10 million in this quarter. So it was important to them to keep the show to maintain their goals for investors. Yeah. And will be in 2019 when you've, you've set a a lofty goal of, you know, a billion dollars in revenue, which is, it's very achievable for this company when you, when you include uh, the deal that they have there. Um, Right. And and we don't know, it could could be like their TV rights deals in terms of there being escalators. For all we know, this Saudi Arabia deal could become more valuable over time, just like their TV rights deals do. That's a great point. Uh, on the last call, there was a big uh, attention on the live events and the house show business and Vince McMahon giving a speech that they know what they need to do to correct things. On this particular call, you know, uh, attendance was uh, was up as compared to the third quarter, but down year over year. And it seemed that George Barrios just kind of gave his explanation that, hey, when it comes to TV and pay-per-view tapings, attendance is either uh, flat or it's up. And we kind of just distance ourselves from, from house shows. And I, I don't know, what what was your kind of um, thought on maybe maybe the lack of attention on the house show business that is, if you're looking at this earnings report at a, an area where you could raise an eyebrow to, uh, live attendance is 
probably that area that you could uh, isolate. Yeah, like this is pretty nerd level stuff to say, but like that was a fascinating part of of, of today's report in that. So Q4 in, includes this really good month of December for them. So the holiday tour, which runs from usually December 26th through through New Year's Eve, is usually where you see a lot of the big attendances on house shows for WWE. And so so this is usually a you know it, it's a quarter that in in attendance that's buoyed by that holiday tour. So this is a a, a quarter that. You know, should do fairly well, but Q4 was down to a 5,000 North American attendance average compared to 5,400 and 5,300 in, in the quarters in the same year or the same quarter in the two years prior. So, and I think that's the way to look at this for the most part is as when it comes to the W network or when it comes to attendance is to compare quarters of the same year to each other. And this is the, the fourth quarter in a row. So each quarter this year, attendance was down and, uh, and, and Barrios in the, uh, the conference call came out with some detail, which is very unusual. You know, usually they they kind of like to say they don't want, want to get into that or they don't want to get into granularity when people ask for certain details about the company. But he volunteered this this entire slide where he did some WrestleNomics here. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he he let us know that hey, total attendance has been growing for the most part, although this line that does trend upward does trend down in, in 2018. Um, so total attendance on the whole over the last seven or eight years is up. Uh, and he, he wanted to let us know that North American ticket revenue has been growing, although it is down in 2018. Uh, and that, that's driven in large part by the ticket prices, which have increased over over that amount of time. Um, but yeah, like you just said, T- TV is doing well. It's it's growing or stable, it says in, in this slide, averaging around 7,500 all the way up to 7,600 in 2018. That's the same number as 2017. So it's stable. Uh, but it, he said nothing about house shows and like, well, it, you know, what's the deal with house shows? And just uh, just before you guys called me up, I was you know doing some digging as far as like, well, well, what are the revenue numbers and what's the operating income number for the last several years? You know, is is this company making more money or the same money or less money or whatever? And operating income for live events, the entire live events segment was 16.6 million in 2018, and that's well uh, below what it was last year of about 25 million. Year before that, also 25 million, and then going back the year before that, that's 2015 of 22 million. So, and again, 2018, about 17 million if you round up. So, there, in terms of profit, that is a profit metric that I was able to find. Profits are down for live live event attendance, and we even saw in Q3, the entire quarter for live events was at like a, a negative one million in terms of, I believe, operating income. So, I think it's interesting to think about this business as. You know, live events is their oldest part of the business, right? And Barrios, when he does these conference conferences, at, at like media conferences, he will bring up how, and he kind of did today too. He says the business is inverted from what it used to be. This is now a media business, and it's not so much a live event business where you know, say in the '80s, that's most of what WWF was doing. They were just selling tickets, and uh, and it's turned into this business now where they're selling TV rights, and then they are selling merchandise as well. But uh, you know, this company that used to be a big ticketing business is not even making that much of a profit on on their live events business anymore, and they're getting a ton of money from TV rights. Could you guys see more of a transition in from turning that live events model into sort of a hybrid live event TV production model? Maybe if, if there's if there's value for them to to sell something, and I, it, it's. 
I don't, I don't know if they have a great answer for that. It's, it sounds like kind of like I think their answer to that would be along the lines of the question that they were asked today about uh, someone asked about if there was any more talk about putting NXT on 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 Fox, which the rumor is F- FS1 might be interested in putting NXT on, on the air. Um, I mean, I'm sure they would love to become an even more media-based business where they're just selling guaranteed TV rights and there's no volatility there. There's no unpredictability there. You don't have to worry about the house being down. You just got guaranteed. Uh, you've know, got a guaranteed contract that you know lets you know that you're going to make X amount of money by the end of the year. Um, I, I the one argument that's been floating in my head though is that if if you're if house shows are performing you know so uh, poorly if, and you're not making that much money on them if uh, you know you've got a Q3 that's not even really profitable and you've got TV events doing okay then and and you've got Vince McMahon on this call talking about all the injuries and attributing all those injuries and all these absences to why viewership and why attendance is on the decline then i believe why put wrestlers on the road so much why beat up their bodies and you know i think it would be a it would be better for their morale and better for their longevity and better for the, for their physical bodies and better better for them to be around more often if you shorten the house show schedule maybe not get rid of house shows altogether but run a run far fewer house shows, keep doing all the TV that you're doing, and you'd have healthier performers, you'd have happier performers, I think, and uh, still pay them the same, of course, but uh, but hmm. I, I just think it's like, you know, you've, you've got a, a lot of shows here, you're, you're only increasing the risk of injury by having people wrestle more often and keeping them on the road and keeping them traveling, which can be as hard on the body as the wrestling itself. Uh, so, like, why do so many house shows is, is my criticism. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one that I think as long as it's at this level, I think it's going to be status quo for the company. But if it gets to a pattern where it's suddenly break even or a loss on consecutive quarters, that a radical change like that is that going to be something that they weigh it against what is the what is the hidden value of house shows of guys that we're bringing up off of NXT that we want them to be out doing four matches a week and getting that experience in front of crowds and going to small markets like Oshawa Ontario this weekend that's never going to get a raw or a smackdown but is going to at least get a live event experience like there's there's several interesting factors to weigh but George Barrios is not wrong like this is not a ticket selling business at all and it hasn't been for a long time yeah and, and another argument to, to weigh against like continuing to do house shows and continuing to do so many events is that yes they do sell merchandise at these events and by the way merchandise sales were down uh this this quarter too and um, we're particularly talking about venue merchandise which they they break out as separate from w shop which is you know merchandise sold online but uh yeah that, it, that's all daniel bryant they're behind this character they are not into commercialism any longer that's right good good for them <laughs> but yeah it's a. Uh, I, and I, I think too, I think WWE is now more than ever, uh, more than at any time in recent decades anyway, in a competition for talent. And I think one of the, the things that other companies like AEW or like Ring of Honor have to offer to talent that, that might want to leave WWE is, a, is an easier schedule. So I think it's, it's one thing that they could offer their talent is like, hey, we're going we're gonna to cut this, this house show schedule down so you can have more time at home and you can have more time to rest your body. And with as much talent as they have on their roster, they could cycle people out. All For sure. Hmm. Sure. We did get a brief mention, uh, although not by name, of All Elite Wrestling on the Q&A call. And it seemed like a, a pretty pretty just ca- kind of closed-door answer from George Barrios to essentially say, we believe we are the premier wrestling organization with the best wrestlers in the world. Um, oh, really? Uh, he, said, so, he said that on the call. I, didn't, I, I missed that. 
he did he he got it and he did mention it. It was just like a very quick line, um, not mentioning AEW by name, but that was certainly who the analyst was referring to. But I, I think that that's very interesting. That if we fast forward to the next earnings call of if AEW has a solid television deal in place, that they're on the cusp of getting... This is going to be right around the time that that Double or Nothing is going to be going down. And if you have one or two notable WWE talents that make might go over there of how that's addressed, because I don't think it's going to be necessarily just a topic that is just swept under the rug, such as today was. I think that's... It's very interesting to look at the landscape because talent certainly has more leverage than ever before on the surface this year. Yeah, it's a great thing for wrestlers. I, if I was a WWE investor, I would want to, I would want, I want to ask that question. And I, I don't know that the analysts are going to know enough about like the wrestling, the non WWE wrestling business well enough to, to you know, get in there and ask those follow up questions. But I would want to know like, you know, WWE, what what are you doing? Why why are why are people like Dean Ambrose not interested in in Resigning with WWE. Why are the Usos rumored to to not be interested in, in resigning with WWE? And you know, what are you doing to I don't know to to address that? And is this going to uh, affect the talent costs? Like, are are talent going to become more expensive because there's this other suitor out there? Um, so yeah, like you said, by the next quarter next quarterly report, which will be probably uh, early May, is when the, the Q2 report usually happens. Uh, there will be. Double or nothing will have not happened quite yet, but uh, you know I've, I've heard Dave Meltzer say that he thinks that maybe by double or nothing there'll be a TV deal announced, but we'll see. And then, like I said, if I was a WWE investor, I would want to know, you know, is this? They're so they're kind of slippery about what they really want to acknowledge as competition, which which like from a, a pure business standpoint, I understand. Like they they say that they're at, they're in competition with everyone. They're in competition with everyone in a, in, a, in a fight for eyeballs and a battle for time. And we're in competition with sleep, and we're in competition sleep, with the big one. And yes, this man is very much in competition with sleep. But they're in competition with Netflix, and whoever's out there with you know just competing for your entertainment time, they're in competition with. But they're really in a more direct competition with something like AEW if it does get a, get a TV deal. And there's someone in competition with UFC, which you know they share demographics with, and they share you know similar qualities in their product. You know, there's obviously people like post wrestling out there who cover both of those things, you know? So we got a few questions from our chat room, uh, Brandon, if you don't mind, Daniel Perry wants to know, was there any update on the AVOD revenue for WWE? And are they looking to do more or less in that space? Given those results. So, so we're talking about like YouTube views and, and uh, Facebook video views as well. Like, we used to get some. We used to get digital media broken out as its own segment, and now digital media. We forgot to mention digital media is included in that other media segment that we were talking about earlier. That includes the the Saudi money and mm -hmm. the reality TV money. So, what digital media is not broken out anymore, and we don't get a ton of detail on it. It looks. It looked to me in the past when we did get a little more detail on it, and it was still uh, mixed in with like W.com revenue. But it looks to me like, you know, I don't know, 15 to 25 million is about what they get from YouTube. I don't know that there's that much revenue from the free Facebook videos. They definitely got it like a, a TV, something like a, a TV rights fee or like a digital rights fee from Facebook to, to give them two seasons of Mixed Match Challenge that might have been worth like $10 million. So like, I don't know, to be aggressive, I said 25 for YouTube, 10 for, for Facebook. That sounds like thirty-five million dollars. Like it's it's something. It's 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 a lot of money uh, to me, but it's is it what is it compared to, you know, an, an AAV of raw of two 
$205 million a year. And, uh, and it, that's either the raw or the SmackDown. So they're, they're getting, you know, $200 million or so, or just, just over $200 million, uh, starting late this year for, for raw and SmackDown. It's, you know, a 10th in a year mm-hmm. probably of what they're getting for TV rights just for a US deal not to mention their international deals. Any more clarity on like you know what what something like uh like India, you know and and all the YouTube views that they bring to the WWE any indication what what that piece of the puzzle might might entail as far as a dollar amount? I I, w- I would guess like the views from from India and from other other emerging economies would be a smaller advertising dollar than than that of of uh, advertising dollars from from Western economies that are that are more developed, but the, you know one thing that they often say is that seventy percent of their online or their YouTube viewership is from outside the U.S. and thirty percent is from inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but right now seventy percent of their income of their revenue is coming from the U.S. and thirty percent is outside. And they think o- over time, and as as economies uh, emerge and as broadband improves worldwide that they can get those numbers closer together. So that's one of the, the avenues that they see as one of their big potential areas for growth. And that's all kind of tied in with this idea of global localization, which has got a lot to do with what Paul Levesque, Triple H, wants to do in putting performance centers and NXTs all over the world. And we just got one of those uh, launched mm-hmm. in Q4, or actually, no, just in, in this new year, right? The WUK Performance Center. So that, that's just the first uh, example of what they would like to do all over the world. And that was brought up a little bit on this conference call, sort of as, as if it was news, but what they were really referring to is someone on the conference call was referring to this uh, picture that they saw online of, of Triple H standing on a stage in front of a, a giant map with NXT logos placed carefully all over it. But that was from the uh, the Business Partner Summit, which which happened on WrestleMania weekend. It's a, a big presentation that they do every WrestleMania weekend, which is a, has been a very big deal for Mookie and I over the years. Colin wants to know, is there any news on the tiered version of the WWE Network? Uh, they they said in this report that the the next one of their uh, plans for uh, business strategy this year is to launch a uh, a new iteration of the, of the W network. So it, it certainly sounds like we would see that by the end of the year. Um, if I were to guess, I, I would think they would want to put that out around the time of WrestleMania, you know, just before WrestleMania, because I think that's the time of the year where they have the most eyes on them, the most interest. That's when network subscriptions are at their highest. By the way, they announced on, on this earnings report or on the conference call that they will no longer be giving the post-WrestleMania update, which they've been doing for the last, what was it, four years here since the service launched. Yeah. On Monday morning, I've, 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 I think I've spent a couple of uh, moments in airports on uh, on Monday morning listening to uh, WWE make their announcement about what what subscribers what the their subscriber number was right after WrestleMania. They're no longer going to do that, and it's it's very curious to me that they're they're no longer going to do that because they announced a um they always give a projection about what they think the next quarter's average paid subscriber number will be, and the the number that they projected this this time for Q1 was flat to that of of Q1 of the prior year, which is the first will be the first time that uh, the network hasn't had substantial growth from you know one quarter to the to the same quarter of the following year mm-hmm. which sort of points to the network being at a at a, at a mature state where i always say the network doesn't really re- reflect uh popularity yet until you're at a at a steady state or a saturation point to some degree and maybe we're getting there now because you know you would think that that q1 would be a big quarter for them but they're projecting that a uh, network subscriber numbers i think something like 1.59 million Will be, uh, which is what they reported for Q4, will be about the same uh, throughout Q1. 
What was the original question? I think I went off on a tangent there. Yeah, no, the question was just uh, the tiered versions of, of the WWE yeah. Network and if there was any news, and it sounds like not yet. Yes. It sounds like they're going to do it. If I was to guess, it'll be before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Jamie and Daniel kind of have uh, similar questions. They want to know when the next big, big batch of uh, international TV deals are due and if there's any news on the UK Sky deal. So that, w- that was brought up on this call. There's been a, an, an investor slide with a part of an investor presentation that they put out. Uh, last year that showed they were uh, expecting to announce a new UK TV deal by the end of 2018. And, you know, I was uh, I was patiently refreshing corporate.w.com on New Year's Eve and nothing was posted. And uh, so they still here we are. And it's February 7th. They still don't have any news on a, on a, w, or on a UK TV deal. Um, so Farias was asked about this. It was the, one of the first questions that he was asked. And he said that uh, by by the middle of uh, this year, he said. Uh, you should expect news about a UK TV deal and, a, and an India TV deal. And then the reason why we bring up UK and, and India is because after the US, those are their two biggest TV deals, with again, with the UK and with India. So perhaps by uh, maybe in, in the uh, quarterly report next time or by the middle of, of this year would be by the end of June. So we'll see. I expect any follow-up questions uh, that go to them. They're just going to use Vince McMahon's opening line over and over. We had a record amount of revenue for the year. So in other words, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. I, I love that. That was, that that was, was so Vince. It was the was best opening Vince. ever to one of these calls was Vince just, we're going to spend the next hour talking about this, but we can summarize this in one sentence. We know what we're doing. Shut up. All right. Uh, Brandon, I want to thank you uh, very much for uh, joining us, but uh, just uh, let our listeners know where they can read more about all your analysis and and the, the state of WrestleNomics Radio, I know everyone wants to know if a new one is yeah. dropping later. Right. I, I am, I'm planning on uh, doing something later that will, like, I'll probably put it on YouTube and drop it into the usual uh, uh, podcast feed as well. But, uh, yeah, so, so WrestleNomics Radio is a podcast that I had been doing with Chris Harrington for the last two years or so. And Chris Harrington has been hired by AEW to be the vice president of business strategy now. And I'm, I'm left alone orphaned here to be on, on my own with WrestleNomics and we're going to see how this goes today and I'll, I'll hopefully be doing more WrestleNomics radio in the future. But yeah, I, d- I do all my written work for Fightful.com right now. I am on Twitter at Brandon Thurston, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-T-H-U-R-S-T-O-N. And uh, there's lots of stuff on my Twitter feed right now about all the stuff that we just talked about. And I should be posting an article in just a little while today on Fightful with a lot of uh, quotes and graphs and information on how to digest all this stuff. I want to give a shout out to uh, Brandon's YouTube channel as well at Grapplers Anonymous. For people who don't know, uh, Brandon's also a pro wrestler and a pro wrestling trainer, and you've released a great series of of videos just talking about the business that are 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 so incredibly fascinating. So, where can people find that? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I I, I forget sometimes. So I I, I train like three, three times a week. I, I train as I mean, I'm a trainer at Grapplers Anonymous here in the Buffalo, New York area. And uh, we put a lot of a lot of wrestlers that I'm proud of, and uh, I've I've done a couple of videos that people have liked. The most recent one I think that Way's referring to is called the Economic Ladder of Pro Wrestling. If you just search YouTube for Economic Ladder of Pro Wrestling, you'll probably find it. But yeah, we have a, a really talented video guy that does really great videos for us. And we put out like one one a week, and it sort of just shows the culture of of what we're doing and sort of like what we believe should be valued in, in pro wrestling and in a training environment. So it's one of the, the, the great things that I'm very fortunate to do in my life. So yeah, check that out. Grapplers Anonymous. It's on any uh, social media platform. Excellent. And again, you can follow him at Brandon Thurston on Twitter. That'll take you to all the destinations. Brandon, uh, thanks so much for taking uh, so much time to chat with us. Great to catch up with you. And we'll definitely be uh, following all of your work. Yep, Great. 
great to talk with you guys. Thanks, John Way. All right. Have Thanks, a great Brandon. one, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I think we dived in. No we, tech issues this time. That was flawless way. <laughs> I mean, that's way better. Post wrestling is just upward and onwards. Way better than our last uh, uh, interactions. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff to take out of today's earnings call. What was talked about and sometimes just as interesting. What is not focused upon? And yeah, mm. house shows being one of them that I, I feel is one of those areas that it could very much be a generational uh, divide or or I should say a cultural divide within yeah. that company that if you are someone that is of the Paul Levesque level that is brought up in the industry, you can see the inherent value of house shows, even as lost leaders, which they're not at the moment, but could they become that? Maybe, but there's still a value to them. Whereas if you are, and I'm just throwing out like a George Barrios who did not come up in professional wrestling is looking at it from a corporate side of things, looking at this as a division of the company that is not enhancing our overall bottom line. And if it becomes a drag on it, why are we doing it? And I, and I think that there's compelling arguments on, on either side when it comes to live events. It's really fascinating because I feel like it, in like the digital age for so long, you know, when I look at music or even like uh, uh, movies, it's been about the you know, uh, live experience of going to a concert or going to a theater that's been supporting the industry and and be, those being the places where people are making their money. We're kind of at a stage now where because rights deals are so high, WWE is making all of their money through those those means and not relying on live attendance seemingly at all. It's also interesting with live events that as the WWE has they've really insulated themselves because, you know, the success of the network, the television deals, I mean, it's largely contingent now on the WWE brand and the monster that it is. And they're not as reliant on one superstar breaking through. One area that affects to me is live events where that breakout star would make the difference. That right. if you had a Steve Austin that came along and you could recognize that, they could rise to that level. Mm -hmm. I think you'd absolutely see a correlation to live events that, that would spike that. And that's still one part of the industry that to me is so reliant on stars, whereas others, you're signing up for the network. Maybe it is because of one particular star, maybe not, but it's it's such a big package. You can't credit one particular performer for a spike in subscribers. Do you see like the three hour raw era having any effect on, you know, like just the, maybe the overall kind of like saturation of content that's available out there? I feel that at this point, if you are someone that's going to a WWE live event, I would, I, I think that it's a lot of people that I, I'm interested this weekend. They're, they're kind of in our area in Ontario. There's going to be a show in Oshawa. They're running in Ottawa and you know, if you are someone in Toronto, you do get to see a lot of big name independent talent that come that come through the city that mm -hmm. you can see live wrestling for. And when you look at the average ticket price, if if you are getting enough television content, I, I think it will affect it. Like the average ticket price now in North America is around I don't have the figure here in front of me, but it's about like $57. I mean, I can tell you as a, as just as a fan myself, maybe I'm different cuz I actually cover this stuff for a living, but I was not even really aware that this Oshawa show was happening until I, I saw it on Raw. And even at that point, it is so far down on my list of priorities between, you know, like Raw and SmackDown. And I'd probably rather, wa rather watch NXT. And I would probably rather watch, you know, whatever Halftime Heat, all this other stuff yeah. that, they have, that, have, that they have on the network. Going to a house show in Oshawa is way down on the priority list. So it's, to me, does not feel important enough to to devote attention to. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. And I I always enjoy going to WWE house shows. Like I would much rather go to a house show than than if Raw were in town. Um, 
but you're right. I think it's people that you are getting so much content at the moment that um, a house show is, you've really got to have a, a certain interest to see it. Or maybe if you have kids, this is your one time to see mm-hmm. stars live and in person. Um, Before we do that, I want to uh, throw out our phone number for everybody who's in the chat room right now. Uh, if you have any thoughts on any of the topics discussed or uh, anything else on your mind, it is one seven three two eight hundred. 4423-1732-800-4423, or if you are on Skype, just search Post Wrestling and you can call us internationally from any spot in the world. Yes, we'll be taking calls before we uh, wrap up the show. Um, speaking of those house shows, uh, just uh, some some updates on, on a few. Uh, the WWE has removed Seth Rollins from all of the advertising for the live events for February. So mm-hmm. that includes this weekend Interesting, as, as well. So... Um, I mean, I had reported that this week, the fact that he was off live events for the time being. He is supposed to be at television, and he's going to get checkups at at TV. So while he's, you know, off the advertising for this month, obviously, if in a week or two, if he's cleared, he's going to be back earlier. So uh, I want to stress that about like the these are estimates. So obviously, the company is not expecting him on these house shows this month because he's been removed from the advertising. Um as well with AJ Styles, I want to discuss that as well because he came out publicly stating he does he does not have a hernia. I can say uh, definitively that on Monday, uh, internally, like they had it listed as hernia. On Tuesday, on on, on the injury report, yes. And when he was cleared, uh, it was it was updated after that to shoulder slash uh, abdominal. So that was I, I don't know why the discrepancy, but that was absolutely what was listed there on Monday. So um, I, I just want to make that clear because I did state in one of my reports this week that I had confirmed that what Dave Meltzer originally had the, the hernia story and I was, I was told the same thing. And anyway, so that was the latest there on the injury front as well. So Brock, he's got a shoulder at, at least what it says. Well, he's been cleared and it was just, yeah, shoulder slash abdominal. Um, and there's nothing more specific than that. Uh, Brock Lesnar has also been added to the advertising for raw on February 18th, which is the night after elimination chamber and the following week in Atlanta, which is that Ric Flair birthday celebration. I would imagine Brock won't be five to Rick participating in the 70th uh, birthday. Probably not. But anyway, Brock has been invited at least to those two Raws and probably more uh, leading up to WrestleMania. Cool. Cool. Um, Anything else from the, uh, the, 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 the reports, the, the Q4 earnings that, that you want to talk about? Um, we didn't really get into the WWE Network. Uh, mm-hmm. So at the end of the year, they had 1,563,000 total subscribers uh, worldwide. Uh, and that is maybe the last number that we're going to hear for a while? No, we'll still get the, the quarterly updates, oh, okay. but they won't be updating it the day after WrestleMania, which is the high point of the year. And I don't know why they're deciding to do that. Maybe because it does showcase quite a drop-off. Like, I just said, 1,563,000 total subscribers. That includes free and mm-hmm. paid. On the day of WrestleMania, their total number was over 2.1 million. So wow, that that big of a drop off, I guess. Yeah, and th- that's going to happen throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also, I mean, the comparison as well. WrestleMania Day, three hundred sixteen thousand free subscriptions. At the end of the year, thirty five thousand. So a huge amount are paying for it. Whether that be the full price or you're on one of those discounts, that all gets lumped into uh, paid subscriber numbers. But that's what the, that's where they're at on the WWE Network. And I don't know if in the second quarterly report they'll include what 
the WrestleMania day number was, mm-hmm. or they're just going to say what it was at the end of the quarter. But kind of curious that they're not including that. They've done it every year, and it's their it's their highest day of the year, WrestleMania day. Hmm. Interesting. And and maybe kind of interesting too uh, to think about what their tiered system will be and whether or not that. When would you has roll anything. that out? Would you wait till after WrestleMania? I mean, like Brandon said, I think WrestleMania is sort of your high point when most people are going to be considering getting a subscription. Um, depending on what that tiered system is, if, you know, for instance, WrestleMania is included in a $7.99 package, then maybe I would wait. Um, but if if it's more something like WrestleMania, now you have to pay $12.99 for it. I guess <laughs> that would turn a lot of people off. Um, depending on what the tiered system is, you know, I feel like no matter how maybe... I would probably do it, I guess, maybe a little bit after when people already signed up for the month and they're considering step staying on. Well, maybe here's a cheaper option for people to stay on if they don't want to continue paying $10. Yeah, like they were very vague about it, just yeah. saying that this year, that's their forecast of uh, the next iteration of the WWE Network and not going any deeper than that. Yeah. Um, do you have any other uh, topics? Because uh, we got a question here. Let's from... take the question. Yeah, well... Do you want to branch outside of wrestling at all? Or or should we stick with wrestling for now and maybe go with... Whatever. So I know you tweeted about something about the Adnan Virk uh, uh, oh, firing. Sure. Yep. And Adam wants to know if you can help him make sense of what's going on with uh, Adnan Virk of ESPN. Are you familiar with the story? Not really. Okay, so Adnan Virk, who people in Canada would remember from working at The Score, uh, has gone on to ESPN. He's a very successful broadcaster, host of uh, Baseball Tonight, and he was fired uh, earlier this week. And, you know, the, the story that had come out was that he had leaked sensitive information to a reporter on background. And they, ESPN had done an internal investigation and had concluded, uh, obviously, that, that he was the source of this information getting out. And since then, that story leaked out from ESPN of the nature of his firing as well. Um, I, I greatly disagreed with this and I'll like, I have not dissected every element of this story, but I I think I'm pretty up on like what has happened here. And I am, I I find it very difficult. He is, he is not like a, you know, a, he is more of a host than than a reporter. Mm -hmm. So I do understand that, that, that difference, but ESPN is both a, they're a television rights partner with Major League Baseball. They are also a news outlet. And a news outlet is dealing with sources on background on a daily basis. So when you have one of your own talents or reporters uh, providing information on background, I think that's very hypocritical that you are running a news arm. And then when it comes to your own information, uh, that is something that you are going to punish them for. Mm-hmm. If an ESPN reporter were to have reported some breaking news on an NFL story and the NFL then fired somebody in retaliation to that, I think ESPN would be pretty up in arms about something like that. I just felt it was a great uh, kind of overreach. Uh, the punishment to me did not fit the crime and I'm I, I'm hesitant to even label it a crime. Like uh, I know a lot of people have felt that like this guy was technically in the wrong, but it's... Uh, um, is it different because we're talking about journalism versus, you know, like if this was a different company outside of broadcasting and somebody was. 
Yeah, I think the fact that ESPN is a news organization that prides itself on its journalism um, to make to to do this um, when it comes to just just trying to seek out a source in and of itself to me, I have an issue with. Hmm. So I was I, I very much disagreed with with this decision, and th- this was hardly like um, an enormous story either. It was about like the um, like the schedule of baseball tonight. If uh, I believe it was like if they would be adding additional episodes of it and they were going to it was just going to be the regular amount that they had been doing prior. Like it was something very, very small and to me did not justify someone being fired. And to me, if I'm if I'm an ESPN reporter, um, it, it would have me concerned. Like if you are if, if ESPN is a rights partner. Like, do they not want their reporters reporting on those? Are those relationships with Major League Baseball? Are they? If, if you're a baseball reporter with ESPN and you're able to scoop Major League Baseball on some major news item, is ESPN going to have a problem with that in the future? That, that sensitive information that one of our rights partners did not want to get out? I, I think it's a, it's a really... It's tricky. It's right? very tricky in this, this media landscape. And I, I don't know about others, like... I'm very thankful I'm I'm not there right now. I kind of I, I I think that there's a lot of issues that reporters and journalists have to deal with when you have major media companies that are that are the ones paying you that you're reliant on a job for. Yeah. We do have a phone call here. Who is this calling? Hello, caller. Hey. Hey, how are you, man? Who's this? This is Wayne and John. Who is this? <laughs> Oh no! Is this Brandon? Oh my God! <laughs> oh God! He's made his debut. He found us. Brandon What's from New on? Jersey. Oh my God! I can't believe I'm talking to the man himself. Oh come on! Stop it, way. You're you're ridiculous. Do Do you have Jordan on the other line? <laughs> I haven't heard from him in a while. How oh. is he? Listen, five seconds into our call, I'm, I must say I'm very uh, pleased that the Brandon Castro that I've been reading comments from on our forum sounds very much like the Brandon Castro on the other line. Oh, yeah. The, the, the voice matches the words to a T. Yeah. <laughs> What's on your mind, man? Let's Do you have let's any have me- meanderings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough day, man. It's been a long day at work. I'm not back what, here. what does Brandon do? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a delivery driver. <laughs> This is the all Brandon edition of Cafe Hangout as well. <laughs> I can't. Come on, you, come on. You're making me blush, man. Come on. Well, no one can see you, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm a little nervous, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm talking to Way and and John and the Way Maniacs and. Uh, well, well, don't be nervous. There's absolutely no reason to be nervous talking to talking to us. Trust me. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. Um... <laughs> Are you going to be okay, Brandon? Get it out. Get it we're we're going to get through this, I promise. All right, all right. Uh, I'm curious why uh, this, this A&W a- a- uh, Rupia presser today. Uh, uh, I mean, what, what celebrity is going to pop out of that? I mean, what, what pro wrestler is going to escape from the diocesis of, of WWE and pop out of that stripper cake and surprise all the audience at the pool party? <laughs> Okay, you're you're totally gonna screw me up at some point where I'm gonna call it A and W by mistake now. So I'm glad you <laughs> okay. introduced that. What Brandon is saying is Yeah, translate it for us, way. Who from the WWE could possibly make their way to this AEW press conference that's happening later today? Who's gonna who's gonna dress up like Lex Luger from when he debuted? At, at, at... <laughs> I don't know who's eligible. 
I wouldn't you know? expect anyone, to yeah. be honest. So we're all going to be disappointed that it's going to be Kenny Omega. <laughs> I, I would imagine that they're going to have some surprises at this press conference beyond uh, just Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. What, what are you expecting, right. Brandon? <laughs> the, the, I mean, uh, long-witted banter, uh, jokes, uh, full flotation devices, and uh, they're also. Surprises. It should be noted that it's it's currently eight degrees Celsius in Las Vegas for this pool party later today. It's going to be very it's cold, a little chilly. Yeah, it's pretty cold. It sounds warm compared to where we are, but anyway, it's not that much. It's not that much warmer in Vegas than it is here. We're at, we're at minus one. They're at eight. Can you translate that to American uh, degrees? Uh, I, I can for all the American listeners out there. So in in Toronto right now it's thirty Fahrenheit. In Vegas it's forty six. Alrighty. Thanks, Brandon. Brandon thank you. You've made pleasure. your debut. I, I, gotta, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta catch up on my uh, uh, episodes of The Launch on uh, CTV. I'm out of here. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. All right. <laughs> well, um, glad uh, he called. I'm glad he called. I'm glad he called. Who is this? It's like I know who that is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we got we got a bit more time here uh, to chat a little bit. Again, if if any of you want to call in one seven three two eight hundred four four two three one seven three two eight hundred four four two three, or you can uh, leave your questions in the chat room, or if you want uh, Skype post wrestling. Also on on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Charlie Collier, who is a Fox Entertainment CEO, spoke at the Television Critics uh, Critics Association's Winter Press Tour, and he did talk about Fox bringing SmackDown to the Fox Network this coming fall. And he stated that, quote, short term, Friday night is going to WWE. Interesting. So he did not elaborate on Friday what that meant. going to WWE. Short term. Short term. Yes. What, so so shoulder programming you're expecting? Short term? I don't know what to read into that. If is WWE going to be moving nights? Is WWE? He said short term Friday night is going to WWE. Like in September. Yeah, it starts in the first yeah. week of October. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're okay. Short term WWE. Like they're going. Like what? What do you take that to mean? That beyond SmackDown, that they're they might feature other programming on Friday. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Well, but I mean, two hours itself is like pretty much the bulk of, of the evening. Is that what that means? See, I, I took it to mean that um, Friday night will be their home in the short term. Oh. And that they may put it on another night. Hmm. But I don't know. He didn't elaborate. This this okay. was this was begging for a follow-up. Right. Interesting. Hmm. That would greatly affect their travel schedule. You know, if the plan is to change everything so that you can go live on Fridays all the way through to Monday... And yeah, yeah. And if it's short term, then what would they replace it with? Well, right now the the Tim Allen comedy uh, series that's on there is doing very well, and uh-huh. they're planning to move that for Tim Smackdown. Allen has a new show. Yes, he does. Oh wow! I don't watch much TV, so don't quiz me on it. Okay, but I know it exists and it's airing there in that Tim slot Allen on Friday Fox. nights. I kind of want to watch this. Know the show. I was a big Home Improvement fan. Yeah, well, we're talking that Tim Allen, right? The Santa Claus. Tim <laughs> there, Allen? There's not many Tim Allens out there beyond oh, the boy. one. Maybe he'll make an appearance on SmackDown. I want to see some crossover. Yeah, um, maybe uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas can make his way onto 205 Live. Maybe the Santa Claus will take on. Xanta. Okay. I'm trying. I Home Improvement is a show I've not watched in years. Okay. 
Who was the, who was the guy across the Earl? Was that the guy's name? No, no. it was Wilson. Wilson, that was his name. Wilson. That was right. Earl. That was close. Alrighty. Um any, anything else? No, we can we can wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Uh we are gonna be back. No one wants to follow Brandon. No, Brandon is that's it. The mic has been dropped. Uh Way and I are gonna be back uh late Thursday slash early Friday morning. We're gonna have a recap of the all elite wrestling press conference that's if, happening in Las Vegas. If you're listening to this uh, on the free feed or on YouTube, of course you can already find that in uh in your podcast feeds. So check yes. that out. So the press conference will be streaming live at nine Eastern time, and yeah, Way and I will have a show. At some point after that. So you can go to postwrestling.com for all your latest news. Postwrestlingcafe.com for all the bonus content and shows such as this one that airs live each Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And a thank you to Brandon Howard for joining us from WrestleNomics Radio and Brandon from New Jersey for joining us. Yeah. The the double shot of Brandon. And Brandon Fraser for just being a tremendous actor. And Brandon Walsh as well for being an exemplary role model on 90210 think that's all the brandons we know all right all right goodbye we are no longer live